Good morning to you, brothers and sisters in Christ. Those of you who are gathering at In Town Lutheran this morning, and greetings to you from the brothers and sisters here at a congregation called Light of Life, all the way across the country in the in the opposite corner in Seattle, Washington. My name is Daniel Lang. I'm the pastor here at Light of Life, and Pastor Lucas and I, for about a year now, have been studying God's Word together every week, and we often will will share in the same sermon series and, and share in the same themes and ideas as we go. And so we too are starting off this series called Conversations with God as we look through the Psalms together. You may or may not know this, a few months ago, Pastor Lucas guest preached for us remotely while I was on vacation, and now I have the privilege to return the favor. So it's my honor to be with you this morning, and may God bless us as we meditate on his word together. Last week you looked at Psalm 1, a psalm that you would look at when, when you're exhausted and you want to have that conversation with God. God, help me, I'm exhausted. And this week we're going to look at Psalm 42 together as we continue our conversation with God. And this is a good conversation to have with him when, when we're hurting, when we're in pain or suffering. Let's ask God to bless our, our word this morning. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts who have gathered here today, may it all be pleasing in your sight, O Lord our God, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. I want to tell you a story about a woman named Kay. In 2018, Kay was on a cruise ship, enjoying a cruise with her friends, going through the Mediterranean Sea, one evening, right before midnight, Kay accidentally slipped over the railing and she plummeted into the dark waters below. This incident was reported immediately to the captain, who marked the spot on his GPS and began the, the slow process of turning that cruise liner around to try to find Kay, who had fallen overboard. Imagine what that would be like for Kay for a moment. Imagine yourself having fallen off a cruise liner and you are in the middle of these dark ocean currents and waves and you can see, you can see the lights of the liner and you can see it make this slow, gradual turn. But unfortunately for her, by the time the captain was able to get the ship back to that spot, the ocean currents had already carried her a distance away and there she was because of the darkness and the waves they were not able to find her that evening the captain called search and rescue helicopters and, and other boats to come out and look for her but through the early mornings they were unsuccessful now I doubt at least I hope not that that any of you have ever fallen off of a cruise liner before and yet, I wonder if that can serve as an analogy for life, if we can all in a way relate to that experience, that life was cruising along, things seemed to be steady and stable, maybe we were even having a good time, but then suddenly life slipped and we found ourselves plummeted into an ocean of chaos, an ocean of pain and hurt 
suddenly we went from everything being steady and stable to drowning in the concerns and pain and hurt of life. If you've ever been there or if you are there, then this is the conversation we're having with God today as we look at Psalm 42 together. Because that is exactly where the psalm writer is when he writes these words. He is in that ocean. He is bobbing around in the darkness and the currents and the wind and the waves. Listen to how he describes this. He's, he's not talking about a pain or some suffering that happened in the past. He's not talking about even something that, that comes in his life but then goes again and it, it hurts on occasion. He, he is talking about being in the thick of it. He describes it this way. He says, My bones suffer mortal agony. My soul is downcast within me. That word downcast in the Hebrew, it has a sense of sinking down. I don't know if you've ever gone swimming before, but, but if you have, and, and maybe you've been goofing off with your friends or, or family members, have you ever had it where, where someone comes up underneath you and, and they think it's so funny that they're, they're playing this joke on you and they'll grab you by the leg and they'll pull you down. And while they're giggling, what are you doing? You're panicking. You're getting angry. You're getting upset because of, you, of that sudden gasping for breath and, and that, that terrible feeling of being dragged down. The psalm writer doesn't share exactly what it is that's happening in his life, but there is something or, or someone or some circumstance that, that continually is pulling his soul down into those waters of suffering. He goes on. He says, All your waves, God, all your waves and your breakers have swept over me. God has not held back. He's allowed wave after wave wave of loss, wave of, of disappointment, wave of pain and hurt, just like those waves in the ocean, one after another after another, unending. That's the experience that this psalm writer is feeling right now. When you think about Kay, as she's in, in that ocean, she determined as soon as the initial shock wore off and she realized that she wasn't going to be rescued right away, she determined that she would just focus on the one thing she could do, and that was roll on her back and just wait. She focused on waiting. She committed herself to waiting to be rescued, because after all, she was in the middle of the ocean. It's all she could do. In a similar way, that's what we see the psalm writer do in this psalm. In fact, several times throughout this psalm, he even says these words, put your hope in God. He, he's talking to himself. Put your hope in God. You know, several translations even prefer to put it this way, wait for God. That's what hope is, right? We are waiting for God to do something. We are waiting expectantly for something to happen for us. And so if you've ever found yourself drowning in the ocean of suffering and pain, if you've ever found yourself in those situations in life, and I'm sure you have, we could name those waves, couldn't we? The wave of cancer, the wave of a, of a terrible diagnosis, the, the wave of your parents going through a divorce, the, the wave of you going through a divorce, the, the, the wave of, of watching a loved one 
suffer addiction, the wave of addiction coming for you, the wave of guilt and, and shame, the wave of, of death and loss, the, the waves seem to be unending in this life at times, don't they? And the psalm writer tells us in those times, this is what you can commit yourself to doing. This is what you can focus on. After all, what else can we do, right? Put your hope in God. Wait for God to rescue you. It is so easy to say those words. <laughs> Wait for God. Wait for God in hope. It is so easy to say those words, but you and I know something else. It is so difficult to live by them. I confess to you, I find other things much easier to do than to just wait for God to deliver me. Instead of waiting in hope, I find it much easier to wait and worry as I wait. <laughs> I'm really good at worrying about uh, things that I have no control over. It's a, it's a special gift that I think I have. No, what do we do? We, we see these things in life, we see these waves, and we realize that, that these are overpowering us. That, like the psalmist says, these are breakers that sweep over us, and, and, and we're not stronger than them, but, but we, still, we still worry about it. We, we worry about what, what we are doing and how we react to these things. I was coming back from a, a retreat uh, with my, some of my members, uh, a men's retreat we went to, and one of my members said something that I, I will not forget. At this retreat, we were, we were discussing uh, that passage where Jesus says, look at the birds of the field, the birds of the air, excuse me, look at the birds of the air, and, and they, don't, you know, they, they don't store up or, or reap or harvest or, or worry at all because they just trust that every day God's going to provide for them. And then Jesus says, you are worth so much more than birds. I love you so much more, right? And, and my Father cares for you so much more. Of course you don't have to worry about tomorrow. And, and my member said to me, you know, Pastor, I, I know that's what we're called to do, to trust like the birds, like every day God will provide. But my spirit animal is more like a squirrel. <laughs> and, and I just tend to, to sit there and I fidget and I, and I wonder what else can I collect for myself. And I go rummaging on the forest floor like a squirrel and, 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 and I, I store up in the wintertime, like a squirrel, and then I hope I can make it through whatever's coming. That, that's how I act. I, I, I go around and I, I, I try to collect things and I store up things, and, and, but then I sit and I wonder, do I have enough? Do I have enough to make it through what's still coming? Do I have enough money? Do I have enough time? And I, I worry about all these things that are out of my control. I remember that because I thought it was funny, but also because that's what I do too. I'm sure you struggle with the same thing. Instead of waiting and putting our hope in God, we wait and worry. Or maybe we wait and we grow frustrated with God. Or maybe we wait and we despair of God. The psalm writer even struggles with that himself. He, he says, why have you forgotten me, God, in this psalm? Or what about this? Have you ever in your waiting decided, you know what? I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to solve this problem myself. So back into those, that picture of the ocean currents, you, you decide, you know what, I know I'm in the middle of the ocean, and I know the chances aren't good, but I'm going to try to swim to shore anyways, because at least it's, it's doing something. And so you see this confusing, painful thing in your life, and, and instead of waiting for God, you swim 
by your own strength and by your own wisdom to try to solve whatever this is. Or you see a great need in your life and, and you don't know how to address it, but you're going to just throw yourself at it anyways because you're sick of waiting. Or you see your sin and your guilt and, and those waves as they crash over you and, and you say, you know what? God invites me to wait on him and his deliverance, but I'm still going to try my hardest with, with my good works and my righteousness to, to swim against the currents of sin and guilt. And I have to share with you because as a pastor, I, I, I care about you. I have to share with you the Bible's warnings about that kind of self-reliant attitude. There's a passage in the Bible that says all who rely on their own strength to overcome sin and to, to overcome death and, and, and to overcome these this suffering in life, all who rely on their own strength and their, their works of the law, they end up alienating themselves from Christ and they fall from grace. You know, it's like you're in the middle of an ocean. If you've ever tried this or given into this temptation to, to rely on your own strength to overcome things in this life, you realize I'm still in this ocean of hurt and suffering, but now I'm just exhausted because I've been striving so hard to get to shore. This psalm is so relatable. It's so relatable because I see myself doing the same things as this psalm writer is struggling with. And it's so relatable because the psalm writer even has this inner dialogue that, that I'll often have with myself. It's like he knows better, and I know better too. He even asks himself these questions like, why are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed? Sometimes I like to put my own name in, in Scripture and it, it, when, it, when it has sections like this. And why, Daniel, are you doing this when you know better? Why are you downcast? Why, Daniel, are you so disturbed? Why are you striving so much against these currents instead of doing the one thing God invites you to do, and that's to wait for him. So will you just repent with me this morning? Lord, forgive us for the times we are self-reliant. Forgive us for the times we give in to worry or despair. Forgive us for the times we just set out for a solution because we're just tired of waiting for you. Lord, forgive us for all of those things. And once again, Send your spirit into our hearts and, and crush down whatever hope we have in ourselves and our own strength. Reduce it to nothing, Lord. And then by your spirit, build us up again in the one true source of comfort and hope that we have when we're hurting, when we're in this pain, when we're waiting. Pastor Lucas maybe has mentioned this before. What, what Hebrew poets like to do is they like to put the most important thoughts right in the middle of chapters in the Bible. Now this psalm is a little bit different because there's two stanzas, but right in the middle of the second stanza of this psalm, the psalmist says these words, I say to God, and then he calls God this, my rock. How's that for comfort? What a beautiful picture that the psalmist gives. He's in the middle of all these, these waves, all these breakers. He, he's, he's floating and in, in drowning in, in the hurt and pain of life. But he's calling out to God. And, he, and, and who is God again? The rock. What a picture. That, that rock that's just sitting there, unchanging, 
a bedrock that's just sitting there in the middle of all these currents that are splashing around. What an invitation that, that God gives to us, that, that we can stand upon the rock in the middle of this ocean of hurt and suffering. I mentioned swimming before, maybe that experience you've had if someone's pulled you down. I'll mention it again. Have you ever had this experience when you're swimming and you're kind of, you're, you're getting tired as you're going, you're, you're going a little bit longer distance and, and maybe you, you challenge, you and your, your friends are challenge yourself to swim across this, this little pond or something and, and, and you're going, you're going, you're going and, and, and you just, you, you're tired and you want to kind of give up and then suddenly you realize, oh, I can, I can stand here. <laughs> it kind of surprises you and you stand up and, oh, the, the relief that comes with that. God gives us these promises that we can stand upon. We, we don't have to tread water constantly. We don't have to rely on our own strength in these oceans of suffering. No, God lays these, these promises one after another and he stacks them up in our life right up to underneath our feet of faith. Take, for instance, that, that promise that we talked about before that, that Jesus says, you know, look at the birds of the air. And, and, and notice just that every day they're eating and, and their needs are provided because the Father knows what they need and how much more does the Father love you? There's a promise. That's a, a concrete footing underneath you. Put another promise there. Jesus says, no one can snatch you out of my hands. I am the good shepherd and I have my sheep. Jesus says, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says, cast all your cares on, on me. Jesus says, come to me when, when you're weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. And, and one after another after another, he stacks up all these promises right up to underneath our feet of faith so that in the middle of this ocean we realize, wait a minute, I have a place to stand. I have a place to anchor my hope. I have a place where the footings are sure and unchanging and I can rest. I think that's why the psalmist begins this psalm with that, that thirst for God, the way he expresses that. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And he asks this question, when can I go meet with God again? He's in this ocean of, of hurt and pain and, and he has this, this burning desire, this, this thirst. He just needs to go and meet with God once more. He needs to go and, and hear those promises again. He needs to go and, and re-examine how solid the footing is that a God has placed him on. You know, as, as Christians, we have the blessing every day that we can just pick up the Bible. We get to pick up God's Word and, and we can look at those promises. We can re-examine that rock for ourselves. As Christians, we get to gather every week. What a, what a privilege that we get to come together and, and every week with other Christians, we get to meet God again with Christians. And as we do these things, as we seek to meet God, what do we find out? We find out that we have a, a loving and gracious God who comes to us sinners who don't deserve it, and he meets with us. Isn't that what you experience when you come to worship, that, that it's really God meeting you? And then we see underneath it all the foundation, the bedrock of all of his promises, and that is how he meets us in his Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, all of God's promises are yes to us. Jesus is the ultimate way that God came to meet with a sinful world. God met with us in a manger in Bethlehem. 
God met with us on those dusty roads in our hurt and pain, and he brought healing and comfort to us. God met with us in his own hurt and pain. God met with the sinful world at the cross. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus willingly threw himself into the dark ocean of our sin and suffering and hell, everything that we deserved, Jesus willingly threw himself in in order to scoop us out and place us safely on that rock of forgiveness and salvation. If you're ever going through pain or hurt, and, and maybe you're like me, sometimes you just realize there's really no one around me who gets it. Jesus does. Jesus went through the same hurt and pain as this psalm writer. In fact, he even uses some of these words from this psalm in his own struggle and suffering. He said, my soul is, is downcast. My soul, he uses those same words, it's, it's just overwhelmed. It's, it's flooded as he thought about the pain and suffering he would go through on our behalf. And yet even as Jesus faced the grave, even as he died on the cross, he also expressed the same hope that this psalm writer has. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I will yet praise him. Even from that ocean of suffering, the psalm writer knows, I will yet be delivered. I will yet be rescued. And this will not end in hurt and pain. This will end in deliverance and praise to my God and my Savior. Jesus expressed that hope perfectly throughout his life, and especially as he entered the grave himself. He entered the grave in the full hope and confidence that his Father would raise him from that same grave. And on Easter, Jesus' hope in his Father was fulfilled. But on Easter, Jesus didn't just rise for himself, he rose for you too. Easter means that we can always say this, no matter what we're going through in this short life, we can always say with the psalmist, I will yet praise him my Savior and my God. Because I know that Jesus is going to come to my grave and to your graves, and he's going to rescue us. And we will yet praise God even after death. We will yet praise God even 10,000 years from now. We will yet praise God. That will be our eternal theme. Our eternal conversation with him is one of praise, not one of suffering. Back to Kay, you, you may have guessed it by now. But Kay was eventually rescued, which is why we, we know what happened to her and the experiences she was having. She was rescued at 9.08 a.m. The following morning, she treaded water for nearly 10 hours. Incredible. How'd she stay awake? People wondered. How'd you stay warm enough? People kept wondering. She was in the Mediterranean, so it wasn't that cold. But she said what really was key for her was singing songs from her childhood that she knew that, that kept her warmer, kept her body moving. It also kept her focused so she didn't fall asleep. And it, it kept some of the fears, the other things she could have been thinking about instead, it kept some of those at bay. My brothers and sisters, I don't know if you're in suffering right now or you've been through it, but, but remember this, if you are or the next time you go through, we have even better songs to sing. Psalms like this, Psalm 42. And we have someone even infinitely more powerful than any 
human search and rescue team there is who hasn't lost us, no, he knows exactly where we are, who promises his divine protection all around us, in front of us, behind us, underneath and above, who promises that we have a rock that we can go to, a rock of his word that we can rest upon in the storms of life. And finally, who promises that he will one day come over us and he will pull us from this broken world and he will bring us safely home. So no matter what you're going through, continue to turn to Psalm 42 throughout your life and sing this song. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Amen.